Thank you for listening to the Martinis and the Macabre podcast. This show contains graphic content and explicit language and is intended for adults. Listener discretion is advised. yourself. Yeah, I slow down on drinking beer. You know, I'm having a couple beers now because we're recording, but the gym, that stuff's heavy. Uh-huh. And then you got to pick it up and then you got to put it down and pick it up again. You pick it up again. And put it back down again yeah. and pick it up again. A lot. Mhm. And those treadmills don't fucking take you anywhere. Those bikes don't take you anywhere. You're still staring at a wall. Although I saw one guy had great determination because there's a there's a um, stationary bike and at, at, the, at, at you know at the gym there's like little LCD TVs that are hooked up to like every single one you know instead of everybody looking at one big TV there's a little tiny TV built into your monitor and he was watching a guy teaching you how to do like deadlifts and stuff I thought God damn you don't turn off do you and when he was done he left he didn't do the deadlifts but I respect it. <laughs> He thought about him really hard. <laughs> he saw him do it and then looked over at the guy doing it. I was like, fuck that. <laughs> Just got <laughs> off the bike and went home. So uh, I do have a question for you, though. Uh-huh. How's that heroin treating you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. How do you describe joy? <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> Feels like somebody's uh. hugging my heart. <laughs> oh, Billy. Hi guys, welcome once again to Martinis and the Macabre, the podcast where we drunkenly discuss morbid murders, mysteries, and mayhem. I'm your host, my name's Erica, and I'm joined by my terribly sore husband, Billy. Happy Thanksgiving! Yes, happy Thanksgiving! This is our Thanksgiving episode. And of course, when it comes to Thanksgiving, you think of sitting down to the feast, surrounded by your family, you give thanks... And usually people say, I'm so thankful for my family. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about tonight. Now, if you say that, that's great. Yeah. That's great. If you're thankful for your family, that's great. If you're thankful for the sexual favors your family can give to you, that's a totally different thing. Not great. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. I mean, if you want to be thankful for that, be thankful, you know, like in your private thoughts. Yeah. Don't, Don't act on it. I actually, this is a Billy episode. I requested this. He did. He wanted to learn more about inbreeding. I am actually fascinated with the subject. Not in that way. Uh-huh. Not in that way. Uh-huh. But I got to thinking about it, and this is this is me trying to logically make sense. I haven't even taken a drink of beer yet. I'm going to sit the beer down. <laughs> this is sober. Back away from the beer. This is sober Billy logic, okay? Okay. Most anything that happens in the world that's bad, or you could perceive as bad, is something that's understandable to a point, or comprehensive, like you comprehend it to a point. Not that you agree, but you understand it. He was having a bad day. Like, yeah, okay, exactly, exactly. If a woman is battered, and they're like, what happened? I was like, oh, I fell down the stairs. I'm like, okay, well, you know, her significant other beat her, and she's making up excuses for them. You get that. I'm not saying that's right. I'm not saying you support that, but you're like, okay, that's what's happening. 
or suicide. Not suicide. Yeah, let's say suicide. How some people do it to escape some type of pain or, or it's done like in the in you know the Far East, like in Japan, where it's done to restore your, your honor and you're brought to shame. There's a reason for it. Or cannibalism. We'll say cannibalism. You're hungry. We could be, <laughs> you could, <laughs> what's his name? Issei Segura? Issei Sagawa? He was, at the end of the day, he was morbidly curious. And he wanted to know, so he did it. Doesn't make it right, but that we know that now. Or it's symbolic, where Christians eat the body of Christ and they drink of his blood. Or it's ritualistic, like some tribe in fucking the Amazon somewhere. Or it could be out of necessity, like the movie Alive, or the whole scenario of stranded on a desert island. But like at the end of the day, there's a reason for it, and you kind of understand. Not understand and sympathize, but understand as comprehend. Or even with murder. Murder, it could be uh, jealousy, revenge, uh, passion, or like a, a crime of passion. It could you hire you're, a hitman? You're hungry. Or you're hungry, which ties into it makes you angry, and then you're hangry. Hangry. Or it could be um, you could just be crazy. You know, it could be something. It could be you snapped. There's a reason for it. Now with incest, that's something I can't, I don't get. And I'm sure there's enough research in here and everything, but that that you know that Erica does because Erica does great research. But I can't wrap my mind around that. Other than I can kind of understand the whole like the royalty aspect of it. I guess I think it's I think they're wrong by dipping your dick in the company ink. But I kind of understand their thought process. It doesn't make it right. But that's about it. Other than I've never I have two sisters, and my two sisters are they're beautiful women. I know that, but never once did it ever occur to me like I'd really like to hit that. That never, <laughs> that never happened. Oh thank God. Whew. Like you know, like I remember like growing up in school, my older sister, you know, like people were like, man, Sarah's your sister. Gosh, she's thin. She's just the hottest. I'm like, what? Like, she's pretty, but what the yeah. fuck are you talking? You know. People said that to me about my cousins. About your cousins, yeah. But did you ever look at them like, like? Mm. Ew, that, look at that that's, ass. No, that never... That's my cousin. Never, like, you would never even fathom such a thing. So yeah. That's what, that's what interests me about this. This is something that I, I, I just, I have no understanding of and probably will never have any understanding of. Well, I'm going to try and help you understand... Why they do I it? Guess? There's no fucking way that'll work. Yeah. Well... At the end of this, I'll still be like, I don't get it. <laughs> well, there there is such a thing called genetic sexual attraction or gsa and this is a term describing an overwhelming sexual attraction that sometimes develops between blood relatives when they first meet as adults so imagine children that were given up for adoption and they got split up and then reconnected in adulthood or something along those lines where they don't have any recollection of each other and so they meet in adulthood and they're like Wow, he's fucking hot. Kind of like the movie Old Boy. Old Boy? Watch Old Boy. If any of y'all listening out there seen Old Boy, you know what the fuck I'm talking about. I don't know what that is. I'm going to move along. So people tend to choose mates that are like themselves in both physical and mental traits, which is known as assortive mating. So when relatives who only meet or reconnect with their long-lost relative in adulthood... They sometimes see someone who looks similar to them and has interest in the same things, and their brain just says, I really want to fuck this person. (laughs) 
But <laughs> uh, you know how cursed of a person you'd have to be to be like single this whole time, your whole life. You never quite found that person, and then you're like, I did it. I found her. And then you know, your kid has a tail, and you're like, why? <laughs> turns out your brother and sister this whole fucking time. But the the connection isn't there that they are related to you because you didn't really grow up together. So in your mind, this is a stranger, a person you've just met, even though, you know, you're telling yourself, this is my relative, your body physically reacts as it would to a stranger. You're, uh, yeah, the pheromones do and the eyes do and they, you know, your pupils dilate and things you mm-hmm. want, but your genes do not. Your genes know. <laughs> Which genes? Eh! Oh, that was good. <laughs> Up top. Yep. So when they start an incestuous sexual relationship, the... The, the genes in your body is what I was talking <laughs> The hanky-panky often leads to children born as a product of inbreeding. And inbreeding, which is kind of our general topic tonight... God, could you imagine? Hank, hanky, come here, sit down. Sit over here. Sit down. Listen, you ever wondered why... You're like, why do I have this club foot and I'm blind in one eye, Mom? You know, well. <laughs> oh, God, that's got to suck. Poor Hank. For real, this sucks being Hank. <laughs> well, the definition of inbreeding is, quote, the production of offspring from the mating or breeding of individuals or organisms that are closely related genetically. Inbreeding results in homozygosity. That's a large word. It's hot. Which can increase the chances of offspring being affected by recessive or deleterious traits. Which is like the shitty stuff. Bad things. Yeah. This basically leads to a decreased health and fitness in the population called inbreeding depression. Which is its ability to survive and reproduce. A person who inherits such traits is referred to as inbred. So the offspring of an inbreeding couple are subject to the possible side effects of inbreeding, such as congenital birth defects. The chances of having these disorders pop up are increased when the biological parents are more closely related. This is because there's a 25% probability of producing homozygous zygotes, which results in offspring with two recessive alleles, which are alternative forms of a gene that form from mutation. And are found at the same place on a chromosome. That's what you, I was just about to say that. So, they're, they're the, the slow form of a gene. It's like, hey guys, wait up. And then they meet up and... I'm here. Yay. Yay. This can produce disorders when these alleles are deleterious, which means they can cause harm or damage. A person who's severely inbred could not read that whole paragraph. <laughs> I almost couldn't read that whole paragraph. Aha! What? Okay. Nothing. Are you making fun of me? No. There may also... No, Hank. (laughs) There may also be... That's what they used to call me. (laughs) (laughs) Why you gotta bring that shit up, Billy? Why you gotta bring up old shit? (laughs) There may also be other deleterious effects besides those caused by recessive diseases. And because of this, similar immune systems may be more vulnerable to infectious diseases. 
children of a parent-child or sibling-sibling unions are at a higher risk compared to, say, cousin-to-cousin unions. That's not a pass. You don't get a pass on that. Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't mean it's okay. It's just saying it's less likely, but still very possible. There are two cousins in love listening to this, and they lock eyes, and they're like, finally, we can be together. <laughs> we are not giving you the green light. First-generation inbred individuals are more likely to show physical and health defects, including the following. Reduced fertility both in litter size and sperm viability. Increased genetic disorders. Fluctuating facial asymmetry. Lower birth rate. Higher infant mortality and child mortality. Smaller adult size. Loss of immune system function. And increased cardiovascular risks. Fetuses produced by inbreeding also face a greater risk of spontaneous abortions due to complications during development. The body kind of picks up on, hey, something's not right with this. We need to flush it out. Even the fetus gets it. The fetus, it's like, the fetus I get is it. like, you know, yeah. I feel like I've been here, but I kind of haven't been here. I can't grow up being a Hank. Yeah. <laughs> if you're listening to this and your name's Hank, you're a great person. <laughs> Sorry, Hank. Among mothers who experience stillbirths and early infant deaths, those that are participating in inbreeding have a significantly higher chance of reaching repeated results with future offspring. Additionally, consanguinous or incestuous parents possess a high risk of premature birth and producing underweight and undersized infants. Viable inbred offspring are also likely to be inflicted with what was previously mentioned. Studies have confirmed an increase in several genetic disorders due to inbreeding, including blindness, hearing loss, neonatal diabetes, limb malformations, schizophrenia, and several others. And across the board, there is an increased risk for congenital heart disease, which can lead to what? Heart failure. Boop, boop, boop. And tuberculosis. Yeah. So this goes back a long, long way with... What, penis vagina sex? It goes back way long. Yeah, a long time. But penis-vagina sex between relatives uh, goes back to, like, royalty and shit. Probably before that, too. Yeah. Follow me here, Billy. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> Waffles. So, internobility arranged marriages were used as a method of forming political alliances among elites. Marriage was then seen as a union of lines of nobility, not as a forced contract as it is considered today. Royal intermarriage happened a lot among European royal families. Kind of like makes them want to wish it was just a contract of marriage between other families to <laughs> keep the power status instead of the bloodline. Mm-hmm. And this was usually to protect the noble bloodline, as Billy just said. And as I said earlier, I don't agree with it. I get it. I get where they were coming from. I think it was the wrong idea, and they probably could have just been like, no, you take my surname, and the other person would be like, okay, cool. But they didn't have to physically interact that way. Yeah. Or, or it could be like this. Or it could be like a contract marriage. Like, if it's that important, and say you and I are brother and sister. No, I won't. I thought you were going to be like, we're brother and sister. Yeah. And then, like, we're both... <laughs> We're I both, refuse. Like, I'm a prince and you're a princess, but they need oh, a king Oh, you're and queen. such a good prince. And we're talking about inbreeding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Your Majesty, Prince William is outside drunk again, farting 
on top of every god that's outside. And they're getting rather cross. <laughs> Fuck you. Anyway, so <laughs> I, have a, I have a Kentucky accent back in medieval times when everybody else is British. Mm-hmm. So that's not quite proper. Fuck you. <laughs> Play standard. But okay. your farts are British. Pardon <laughs> <Yeah>. me. <laughs> but like, wouldn't it be easier just to be like, okay, look, you're my sister. I'm your brother. Let's just sign papers saying we're married and I won't touch you. You go find some guy. I'll find some chick. But you and I still have the bloodline because we're right here. As far as the world knows, we're married, but I ain't touching you. You have your own fucking room. You go to that side of the house. I'll go to this side of the house and we'll like do the kiss on the cheek thing when there's like a, a ball for us to go dance at or some shit. Yeah. That seems fair. Yeah, they didn't do that though. Everybody's happy if you do that. Mm-mm. See, the problem is, is you have all these... Fucking. That's where it starts. <laughs> that is the Get bottom it. line. Teach them while they're young. So, <laughs> here's... I thought of this today, and this is the best sense I can make of it, is especially with nobility, okay? You have these two pieces of paper that are perfect and ordained by God. Then you put them both together, and then... And wad them up. Then you have, like, a pamphlet. Okay, now you take this pamphlet and Xerox the entire fucking thing. Sure, it looks the same. The colors ain't as bright. The font's not as sharp. <laughs> Comes out a little crooked. <laughs> That's the perfect analogy. That's the best way I could figure it. Like, yeah, it looks good, I guess. But there's, you look at it, you know, there's something fucking not right. Something's a little off. <laughs> That's good. Thank you. I got this in-brain thing figured out. We don't need to do the rest of the episode. Uh, all right, I bye, guys. Now. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> well, over time, this royal intermarriage stuff, due to the shortage of possible mates within the bloodline, the yeah, gene pool... All the cousins were like, I ain't doing that. <laughs> Fuck you. Move on. The gene pool of many ruling families grew smaller and smaller. Until all European royalty was pretty much related. All of fucking Europe. Sorry, Europe. But all of you. Cousin, sister, mummy. (laughs) I can't, you know, we can't say much because we're a nation of immigrants and we came from Europe. So we're all in this together, guys. Yeah. We consider you all our brothers and sisters and cousin mummies. (laughs) So that good old blue blood kind of just started running a single stream with no forks. Or a tree with no branches. Yeah. One really tall. Weird looking big ass. Like if Bob Ross was painting and died before he could put the branches on, that little stick. Yeah, Yeah, like he he didn't like draw the mountain he didn't paint the mountains and he was like okay now we're gonna do the bravery test and then just right down and it's like thank you and it's over (laughs) there you go yeah that that's the royal families this also resulted in many being descended from a certain person through many lines of descent such as the numerous european royalty and nobility descended from the british queen victoria or king christian the ninth of denmark the House of Habsburg was infamous for its inbreeding, which we will get into shortly. What's the Haps and Habsburg? 
The closely related houses of Habsburg, Bourbon, Braganza, and Wittelsbach also frequently engaged in first cousin unions as well as the occasional double cousin and uncle niece marriages. Yeah, you're going to try to tell me somebody in Embraer came up with the word Wittelsbach? <laughs> I'm assuming that's how it's pronounced. What should we call it, Sire? Wittelsbach. <laughs> So it shall be written. You know, it like you know how like the family book, the family tree, and it's like all, all that stuff. You know, I bet back then it was just like their family tree was just a it was a postcard with wasn't, a list of names. Not much to it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All their names, and all you gotta do is just look up at the dinner table and be like, yeah. yeah, everyone's in attendance. Whole family's here. All right, all right. All three of us. Here's my place card. All seven of us. Yeah. All seven of us whittle box. Yep. We're just boxing it out here. <laughs> In ancient Egypt, royal women were believed to carry the bloodlines, and so it was advantageous for a pharaoh to marry his sister or half-sister. God, at least go with the half-sister. <laughs> Normally, the old ruler's eldest son and daughter, either siblings or half-siblings, became the new rulers. All rulers of the Ptolemaic dynasty were descendants from Ptolemy II, who married his sister. The descendants then were all married to their brothers and sisters so as to keep the Ptolemaic blood pure and to strengthen the line of succession. You know, I wonder if the pharaoh just called him in like every month and was like, so have you produced an offspring? And you know, they're like brother and sister, so they're like standing there like, they don't want to make eye contact and they're like, yeah, we <laughs> I really need to take a shower, Pharaoh. Uh, hey, sis, look, uh, I'm gonna just—I'm gonna go fight a war. I don't know what war, but I'm gonna get my sword and I'm gonna get my horse. And we'll fucking go this way. Are you pregnant yet? Please tell me you're pregnant, so we don't have to do this again. Oh God, yeah, just like right at, right after you fire fire it off, you're like, God, tell me that was it, please. <laughs> I'll just, I'll just tell him I'm sterile, and he'll kill me, and it'll be fucking over. <laughs> well, Cleopatra the Seventh, also called Cleopatra the Sixth, and Ptolemy. That's how bad the inbreeding was. <laughs> You're Cleopatra the Sixth or Seventh. Doesn't matter. And Ptolemy the Thirteenth married and became co-rulers of ancient Egypt following their father's death. They are probably the most widely known example from Egypt. One of the most famous examples of a genetic trait aggravated by royal family intermarriage was the House of Habsburg. Here's the Haps. What's the Haps? The Habsburg. That sounds like a dance you did back then. <laughs> the House of Habsburg, which in married very often and is known for the mandibular prognathism of the Habsburger unter lip, otherwise known as the Habsburg jaw. I'm not even sure what language that is. Sounds good. It's called the Habsburg jaw, the Habsburg lip, or Austrian lip. Austria. There this, you go. This was typical for many Habsburg relatives over a period of six centuries. Centuries. Man. They all fucked each other for 600 years. Ugh. The condition progressed through the generations to the last of the Spanish Habsburgs, Charles II of Spain. I mean, you got two sisters, but could you imagine knowing no. from personal experience no. that your brother is in fact circumcised? Uh, 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 uh. That's awful. Uh -uh. Uh -uh. 
You know that jaw thing had to be pretty fucked. The Hasberg jaw. Everybody would know. You know what I mean? Everybody in Austria is like, oh, hey, we're in Austria. We're doing Austrian things because it's Austria. Oh, fuck. There he is. Look. <laughs> don't look now. No, look at him. He won't even fuck. He don't even know you're looking at him. Actually, I don't know why it's called Austrian lip because he's from Spain. Everybody's like, Spanish, 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 Spanish. Oh, shit. Look at the guy with the Hasberg jaw. <laughs> We're going to talk a little bit about Charles Habsburg II stop of talk, Spain. Stop talking about my jaw. Also known as Carlos II, also called the Bewitched. Also known as, God damn, what's wrong with your chin? Yep. Go take uh, a moment to Google Charles Habsburg II, and you'll see a portrait painted of him with a very... What's the guy's name on Family Guy? The Hershey. Oh, uh, like like um, H- like Hegel's bottom tooth or something yeah. like that. Yeah, the grand jaw sticks out on the bottom. It's like that. My mom's my aunt, I think. So good old Carlos was the monarch of Spain and lived from 1661 to 1700. His parents were uncle and niece, which also made him his mother and his first cousin and his father's great nephew. Yeah, try to wrap your head around that shit. Uh, Charles didn't learn to speak until age four. He couldn't walk until age eight. The family and caregivers basically treated him like an infant until the age of ten. And they never forced him to go to school as it could tax him too much. That would be too much to ask of him. Man... His jaw was so large and deformed that he had extreme difficulty speaking and chewing his food. Besides the jaw deformity, Charles II also had a number of other genetic, physical, intellectual, sexual, and emotional problems. He was described by historians Will and Ariel Durant as, quote, short, lame, epileptic, senile, and completely bald before 35. Don't judge him on the bald part. He was always on the verge of death, but repeatedly baffled Christendom by continuing to live. You baffled a whole religion, Charles. (laughs) By living. You fucked everybody up. (laughs) Why does he still live? (laughs) It's just a day of shame. Everybody else has got to blow out those birthday candles for you because your jaw is just so goddamn big. I bet he couldn't whistle. (laughs) I bet the birds took a bath in that shit. He married more than once, which of course had to have been arranged, and could not bear any children with any of the women as it's believed he was infertile and couldn't reproduce because of all the inbreeding that fucked him up. I mean, if you can't go to school because that might be too hard on you. They inbred so hard they couldn't inbreed anymore. They made a lot of copies of that paper. (laughs) And they let this guy be the monarch simply because he was the last one of them. They were like, eh, <laughs> he's the only one left. <laughs> yeah, everybody's like, fuck it, just let him. Just put him on the fucking, he ain't gonna make it. You know, he talks like this with his chopstick now. Where's my keep? <laughs> <laughs> he ruled a realm that included the southern Netherlands, Italian territory, several cities in North Africa, and Spain's overseas empire. From the Americas to the Spanish East Indies. Sorry, world. This kid that was all sixes and sevens. Yeah. And all of those territories had to be led by successor, but Charlie couldn't make one. Bless his heart for trying. 
So he decided he would leave it for the 16-year-old grandson of Francis King Louis Fourteenth, and the grandson's half-sister and wife. Charles died in November of 1700. The physician that performed the autopsy on Charles, you know, with their wonderful science in the 1700s, said, holy shit, his heart's in the wrong place and his stomach's upside down, (laughs) stated that his body, quote, did not contain a single drop of blood. His heart was the size of a peppercorn, his lungs corroded, his intestines rotten and gangrenous. He had a single testicle, black as coal, and his head was full of water. Well... That black as coal testicles is the reason why he couldn't make any more. Yeah, poor little guy. Probably gave it all it had. <laughs> Following his death, people thought that French royalty taking over for a Spaniard would disrupt the balance of power between Spain and France. And hence the War of the Spanish Succession ensued because sometimes inbreeding can lead to war. Why not? God knows. It, any, it did in that situation. Anything nowadays. <laughs> Uh, Another uh, famous topic for inbreeding is the case of Patrick Steubing and Susan Koroleski, a couple from Leipzig, Germany, that are brother and sister. Remember that place? We went there and visited it. We never went there and visited. No. But hi, Heather. Hi. She's in Germany. Patrick was fostered at age three and eventually adopted by his foster parents. He had been fostered because his alcoholic father attacked him with a knife at three years old. I get it. Not that. <laughs> not like. Attacking a three-year-old with a knife. <laughs> I'm with you, Pop. Little fucker had it coming. No. I understand relocating him. That totally makes sense. Yeah. His sister Susan was born seven years later on the day their parents' divorce was finalized. I'm just glad they didn't take our kids away because he wouldn't pick up his fucking Hot Wheels, remember? And I got the machete and I'm like, I'm picking up something. I'm picking up a dead body or a Hot Wheel or fucking other. Remember that? I thought we were never going to speak of that, Billy. When they took me away to the quote-unquote hospital. That's what you Now everyone knows. Oh. Ignore that, guys. I'm a good guy. (laughs) Erica, go! (laughs) Patrick (laughs) didn't meet back up with his biological family until the year 2000, when he was 23 and Susan was 15. Susan, according to Wikipedia, is, quote, mentally subnormal, semi-literate. Mentally subnormal. I don't know if that's a proper term, but... Sure. That's what it says. Yeah. So evidently she's a little... Slow, I would, I would assume. Below normal. Subnormal, right? Mentally subnormal. Semi-literate. What's above normal? Abnormal? Super normal. Isn't paranormal outside of normal, which is uh-huh. why paranormal, you know, yeah, okay, so there's subnormal, paranormal, what's above normal? Extra normal? Abnormal. Supernormal? Above. A-B-O-B-E. A-B. Normal. I cracked the code. Sure. Sure. I'm fucking nailing it on this one. <laughs> so this 23-year-old going after his 15-year-old mentally subnormal sister just sounds like a match made in heaven. The two hooked up, and by October of 2001, they had their first child, Eric, when Susan was only 16. Hey, hey baby, you look mentally subnormal and semi-literate. What's going on with those pants you trying to fuck? <laughs> I want to get into your jeans. 
Woo! Yes! I'm on a roll. Man, we should have like a little ding every time we make one of those little puns. <laughs> the two hooked up. You say hooked up, you make it sound like fun and frolicking. <laughs> no, they, they, they fucked and they shouldn't have. You should, you should say that. <laughs> the two uh, fucked when they shouldn't have. The, the two fucked when they shouldn't have and had their first child, Eric, when Susan was 16. Who shouldn't be. He and, just shouldn't be. A nurse suspected that Patrick was the father and notified the authorities. The child ended up placed in foster care due to his severe disabilities. He can hardly speak or walk properly. And the two were tried for incest in 2002. Poor guy. So they reconnect 2000, have this kid with all these disabilities in 2001, and by 2002, they're going on trial for incest. That poor kid. Whirlwind romance, I tell ya. You could really, if you spin a, a good yarn, you can make that into a romance novel. Yeah. I it, wouldn't it'd buy it. would somehow end know. up a Disney movie. <laughs> Patrick? <laughs> it'd be a Pixar movie and you'll cry. At some <laughs> point you'll cry because it's a Pixar movie. Patrick was found guilty and given a year's suspended sentence. You know, it would be so easy to find him guilty. Just do the cotton swab in the cheek of the mother <laughs> of all three of them and be like, yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, we got you right here. <laughs> Uh, Susan, on the other hand, was still 17 at this time. She was tried as a juvenile and ordered to be placed in youth services. So by 17, she'd already been shagging her brother and had a kid and was placed in youth services because she wanted her brother's dick. But the brotherly, sisterly love didn't stop there. That reminds me, before I forget, there is this spoof of a commercial you've got to check out oh. <laughs> the Folgers the Folgers commercial okay the the beginning part is the actual commercial and it's the brother the sister coming to the door I think it was like Christmas time right and the, the brother the comes brother's home, home the sister from... answers the door from Africa yeah the, the sister doesn't answer the door from Africa that's a long way to open a door <laughs> he's back from taking a trip to Africa or whatever and he comes in and and gives her like a gift and, like, the parents are still in bed, right? And it's, like, early morning. And they're making folders. And the brother gives her a gift. like, oh, this is from Africa. And then she takes the bow off and puts on his shirt. And she's like, you're my gift. And that is a real Folgers commercial. And even And they have this that, weird look they, at each other. You look at it and you're like, ew, who does That's that? That's a strange brother-sister closeness. And when I first saw that commercial, I'm like, am I not close with my family? Is that how families are close? Am I doing it wrong? But... I think I forget if it was like I think it might have been college humor humor or something like that. They, I think so. They acted out the the rest of it, and I'm not going to spoil it, but check just just go online and look that up. It's fucking hilarious. It's pretty funny. So Susan ended up popping out two more kids from her brother's loin juice. God, that's gross. <laughs> Sarah and Nancy, and Patrick was once again charged with incest. He was sentenced to 10 months in jail. I don't know why she wasn't charged, but... Bush! Find a focal point. Hold your breath. We're going to count 10. Push out that conviction. Push it out! <laughs> then in 2005, baby number four, Sophia, came along. And Patrick was sentenced to two and a half years for recommitting incest. I'm not saying chemical castration... I'm just saying chemical castration. You're just saying it. Not saying it, saying it. I mean, fuck, where's the garden hose? (laughs) Keep them off each other. 
<laughs> so children two and three had some issues too. That was Sarah and Nancy. One suffers from mental and physical disabilities similar to their brother, cousin, Eric. And the other was born with a congenital heart condition and required a heart transplant. Both of them were placed in foster care. Thank God. The only quote-unquote normal kid in the bunch was Sophia, which was number four. So Patrick and Nancy became well-known advocates for incest laws to be repealed. They actually fought for this. In a statement that they released, they claimed, quote, We do not feel guilty about what has happened between us. We want the law which makes incest a crime to be abolished. Their lawyer argued that the law was, quote, out of date and, quote, breaches the couple's civil rights. And why are disabled parents allowed to have children or people with hereditary diseases or women over 40? No one says that is a crime, which I can kind of understand. But they're fucking brother and sister. Fucking brother. Fucking sister. I'm not one to pass judgment on anybody, but I'm just saying what's wrong is wrong. (laughs) German courts have ruled that the incest laws will stand. Thank you, Germany. Patrick had a vasectomy in 2004. Thank God. (laughs) See, here's the thing. Okay, so why are disabled parents allowed to have children? How come people with hereditary diseases are women over 40? The reason why incest is still a crime is because if you took everybody that had a hereditary issue, everybody that's over 40, everybody who's disabled, and like, you think it's cool to fuck your brother? They'd all say, no. <laughs> Even they would say, Even uh-uh. Even they would be like, no. Uh-uh. No, no. Don't lump me in. Nope. Nope. Don't lump me in with that. <laughs> they want to be their own separate parties. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the last famous case of incest and inbreeding we're going to cover tonight is the case of the Colts. Not the team. No. I know we're from Indiana, but we don't really watch football, so go Colts, I guess. Ah, man, I work at a liquor store. I got to hear that shit all the time. I don't think we're doing good. I wouldn't know. They always look at me like something's wrong with me. They're like, (laughs) you see the football game last night? I'm like, I don't watch football. Is it because they kneel? I don't give a fuck about kneeling. (laughs) I just don't watch football. Why not? I'd rather play it than watch it. You don't watch football. No, men in tights running up and down the field playing ball. No, I don't. (laughs) I got bills. So the Colts is a pseudonym given to hide the true identities of an incestuous clan in Australia known in the media as the Colt Incest Clan. So any of our Australian listeners, if you've heard of this, let us know. This is a family that engaged in four generations of incest, which was made... And this isn't like back in the 1700s. This is like within the last 10 years this came to light. This decade? This Yeah, this was made public in 2012. Tim and June Colt, which aren't their real names, brother and sister, started the incest in the 1970s And the family grew to 38 in total, meaning practically everybody was engaged in some form of sexual incest. 38 from two people, from a brother and sister. June and Tim started out in New Zealand and married in 1966. Not sure how they got someone to marry them, being brother and sister, but they did. 
They had seven children together and moved to Victoria in the 1970s. When they were chased out of that country because they found out. (laughs) Probably. Two of their children, Betty, considered the matriarch, and her brother, Charlie, they had 12 children of their own. Which, that's a whole nother thing. 12 kids? My fucking God. I stopped after two. Yeah. She may be inbred, but she's more woman than me, because... No. I've uh-uh. never heard that sentence before yeah. in my life. I've never heard you say those words together. Now you have. Quote it. I, I may not be incest, but she's more of a woman than me. Hashtag, I may not be inbred. She's more of a woman than me. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I, I don't have the kids, but... um. You still got to deal with the kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's tiring. I can't imagine. If somebody if somebody like looks at me and they tell me that they have four kids, I look at them and I'm like, "Oh my god, do you need do you want a dollar? Should I give you some money?" Like, and not even like being a smart ass, I'm like, "Do you need help?" Yeah, I would have maxed out at 3 no matter what. Should I call a guy for you? Do you I don't know what to do. <laughs> well, my last pregnancy was just too hard and I was like, "Nope, we're not trying for a third. No." That's it. <laughs> I'm done. The family, of course, had to move around a lot, not to raise suspicions. I kind of feel bad for them being chased out of towns with pitchforks like they're fucking ogres. (laughs) Feel bad for them? Hashtag fucking ogres. (laughs) (laughs) They ended up in Baroa, if I'm saying that right. Baroa? B-O-O-R-O-W-A. Baroa. Baroa? Baroa. Brooklyn. Whatever. That's in New South Wales. That's what we're going to go with. It's New South Wales. Okie dokie, artichokey. On a farm near the woods. That's where it starts. <laughs> the f- remember? Remember like True Detective? Mm-hmm. You don't make flowers on me no more. Oh. Excuse me, I'm going to have to pause here so I can go vomit. The family lived in squalid conditions and were made known to the authorities in 2010 from reports of potential child neglect. Seven risk of significant harm reports were made over the next two years, but the official investigation into incest wasn't opened until 2012. One of the kids was like, that's my brother! Kind of. Oh, okay. A, a child or possibly a teacher, different sources that I looked at, reported differently but someone reported that they overheard a child stating that one of their sisters was pregnant and they didn't know which of her brothers was the father Mm. (laughs) wow my sister's pregnant but we don't know which one of my brothers is the paul i'd be that baby daddy which i'm sure you don't have that twang in australia but that's what it would sound like if they were from here i've never been to australia can't say i would love to go to australia in a contained bubble yep so the creatures couldn't get me australia and a potmobile you got some scurry shit australia so police tracked the family and found them living in filth in tents shacks and caravans in the woods Sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. Like when you walk up on that scene, you're like, there's a lot. There was nothing wrong with that sentence. It sounded perfectly like what you would expect. There's a lot of brother fucking going on around here. (laughs) You can smell it. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
there was no access to running water, showers, toilets, or hygiene products. A kangaroo was reportedly found snoozing in one of the children's beds. Okay, I'm not going to lie. That's kind of that's kind of adorable. <laughs> but shows you how kind of out in nature they were. Yeah, how weird that would have sounded on the scene because everyone's like, ugh. Ugh. Aww. Sniff, go check that tent. You got it. <laughs> Captain, come here. Come look. Get your phone out. I'm telling you, you'll thank me later. <laughs> it was funny is like you know how you laugh at the whole red string going to different pictures uh-huh. it could just be one picture and a red string wrapped around that fucking thumbtack in a big spiral <laughs> somebody just took a spool somebody just took a spool of red and just string and put, on, just put a nail through the fucking middle of it and like we got it that's where all the strings go right back to somebody the same two just got a red sharpie and colored the picture that's it <laughs> oh. oh, that's good stuff. Uh, misfortunate mothers. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go. The children were malnourished. Yeah. Yay. Uh. <laughs> and several had unintelligible speech, dysmorphic features, and hearing and vision problems. And never had the wherewithal to kill the fucking kangaroo and eat it. <laughs> I guess not. Maybe they didn't have utensils. Maybe it was. Maybe they didn't know how to use utensils. Maybe it was one of their kids. Fuck, we don't know. <laughs> Just look like a kangaroo. It was a human hybrid that was so far gone. They're like, it's a kangaroo. Like, I don't think that's a kangaroo. It's got it's no hair. It's a kangaroo. It's got no hair and it winked. <laughs> no, it didn't wink. It's just got one eye. Oh, Lord. Did you know that kangaroos move their feet at the same time? They can't walk. Yeah. Okay. They got those big feet. And... Well, like they're, no, it's at their hips. The, their yeah. legs are connected. They don't, yeah. they, they can't physically walk. Yeah, they balance on their tails. I'm just saying, they can't walk. I was just trying to be educational. Yeah. Dragonflies can't We're always educational, You know, dragonflies can't? Huh? Dragonflies can't walk. Okay. That's why they fly around and zip around so much. They have to fly, land, fly, land whenever they're on something. Hummingbird can't walk either. Oh. Malnourished kids. Yep, malnourished kids. Many of them had fungal infections of the feet and mouth. Extensive dental decay, psoriasis, and congenital health problems like chronic renal failure, which is kidney failure, acute glaucoma, pneumonia, and heart problems. Okay, to any gamers out there, tell me that doesn't sound like the characteristics of a clicker in The Last of Us. (laughs) It does. Fungal infections, can't see too good. (laughs) Sounds about right. All I had to do was take a ball and throw it at a tree and be like... <laughs> if this was a visual podcast, you'd totally get it. Yeah, if you've played The Last of Us, you'll get it. If you haven't, go look up a clicker. Go play read it. a description about him. Go play it. Have some fun. Yeah. Do that too. Pause the pause the podcast and go play it. Welcome back. Wasn't that great? <laughs> Most of the children couldn't read or write, and one 15-year-old boy was functioning at a five-year-old level. Twelve children in total were taken into foster care, and the adults were charged with neglect and incest. And incest and incest and incest and incest. (laughs) DNA tests... And illegal possession of a kangaroo. 
<laughs> DNA tests were done on the 12 children that were taken, and only one was found to not be a product of incest. That one, quote-unquote Cindy, was described by the children's court as, quote, a well-spoken, polite, bright, intelligent girl whose development was normal for her age. Unlike the other 11 that they picked up that were yeah. dirty and fungally infected and couldn't the, see. And... The judge like looked at the other kids and looked at her and looked at the investigators who did the, who did the processing. They just put there like, What I happened? Don't, I don't fucking know. <laughs> oh, wait. I, I know. Her, her DNA doesn't match. Oh. <laughs> so they were charged with kidnapping a girl named Cindy. <laughs> Somebody dipped outside the company, Inc. So most of the adults deny any sexual abuse or incest, despite the genetic evidence, which I just don't even fucking understand. Through all that, they were just like, one me. Charlie Colt said the test results were absolute rubbish and then fled to Australia in 2014 after being asked for a DNA swab. See what I say? <laughs> Betty Colt was sentenced to 12 months in jail for plotting with her son to kidnap two of her children from foster care. Charlie was apprehended when he returned to Australia in November of 2014. The sentences for Charlie and the other adults isn't known, as well as whether Betty faced further charges for incest. But surely to God they got something. I hope Cindy's Because 11 out of 12? Damn. I hope Cindy's okay. Uh, she sounds like she's going to be a, a fine young lady. Now that she's out of that shithole, mud hole, forest, tent, caravan, brother fucking family. Kangaroo sanctuary. Sanctuary. (laughs) For one kangaroo. Sanctuary. They were trying it out. (laughs) Let's see how this goes. Tents for roos are us. (laughs) So, uh, evidently, people like to fuck their families a lot more than we originally thought before investigating this. Daddy, what's an abomination? (laughs) You, son. You, son. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we're so horrible. God. Not as horrible as people that fuck their family members, but... See, I still don't get it. I still don't get it. (laughs) I... I can understand, you know, the reconnecting with the lost family member and your body has these natural responses, but... Even if that that were to happen, don't fucking act on it. I can get that. Like, if you never knew, then it's not your fault. If you never knew you were split up at birth or something, who are you to know? You don't know. Well, I mean, and you do see it with, you know, animals. Cats, you know, have a litter and then one of the sons of the mom mates with the mom. And then you get funny looking cats. But they don't understand English. Yeah, I'm saying did, in English, don't fucking do it. Did you see the story about the woman who married her mom? What? Hold on. I did not see that. That was a big thing. Uh, woman who married her mother pleads guilty to incest. Let's see. Oklahoma. Oklahoma woman who married her mother pleads guilty to incest. This was, what's today? 15th. Yesterday. Duncan, Oklahoma. An Oklahoma woman who married her biological mother has pleaded guilty to incest. Court records show 26-year-old Misty Spann 
of Duncan pleaded guilty Tuesday in Stevens County District Court. Under the deal, she was sentenced to 10 years of probation. Her mother, 44-year-old Patricia Spons, whatever, pleaded not guilty to incest. Really? Really? Prosecutors say the two married in 2016. Court records show the marriage was annulled last month at the request of Misty on the grounds of fraud and illegality. My uh, tolerance is lower because I haven't been drinking. <laughs> so you can't talk right? Yeah. Patricia said that she thought she she thought the marriage was legal because she had lost custody of her daughter and two sons years ago and isn't listed on her birth certificates. Um, prosecutors say Patricia also married one of her sons. That marriage was annulled in 2010. So yeah. What the fuck is wrong with Patricia? I don't know. But this shit's happening now. Boom. There you go. Right there. Well. So, I hope you guys have a really great Thanksgiving and... I hope you listen to this before Thanksgiving. That way, your cousin's going to wonder why you're looking at her weird across the table. <laughs> it's because you're thinking of this podcast, and not that you're attracted to your cousin, but you're like, oh, don't look, because now we're in your head. <laughs> we're mine, fucking yeah. <laughs> Enjoy the turkey. While I close out, you want to hop on Facebook and Twitter, see if anybody wanted a shout out? Cooper! Cooper! Hi, Cooper. Cooper's been very interactive with us on our Facebook page. Cooper's been very gracious to us, offered assistance in any way that he can. So thank you, Cooper, and hello. And of course, Kate and Heather, two of our other famous, very interactive people uh, on our Facebook groups and Twitter. I want to say hi to Danny Doyle. Hey, Danny. Like the post. So, I mean, I'll give a shout out on that. And Kate Walinga, because you're Kate. Hi, yeah, Kate. I just said Kate. Oh, I'm sorry. I was looking this up. I, I, I said was... Kate and Heather. Sorry. <laughs> That's all I got right now. People are reacting to the other stuff you posted. Yeah, I put up a post about creepiest things when heard uh, whispered. And you guys have been massively responsive to that. Yeah. Some creepy shit. Even I did. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> so, yeah, find us on Facebook at Martinis and the Macabre. You can also find us at that username on Instagram. You can find us on Twitter at Martini underscore Macabre. We love interacting with everybody. When I post something to one, it usually gets posted to the other two. As far as Facebook and our fans page on Facebook, which is Friends Who Like Martinis and the Macabre which then also automatically goes to Twitter. So yeah, find us there, interact with us, post whatever you want, find some creepy or funny shit, put it on there, tell us how your day's going. We don't give a fuck. We're not going to make you go through an admin approval to post something. So put whatever you want on there, interact with us. We want you to go to our website, which is martinisinthemacabre.com has a full episode catalog. You just click on the picture. It's got the title underneath it. There's also a fully playable track list of all the songs that we've included on our episodes. So, of course, we want to thank Phaser765 for that. He makes music and videos. You can find him on SoundCloud and YouTube and on our website. Um, And on our website, he has 
the page with the track listings, a bio, and a link to his Patreon so you can support him there. As always, we want to thank you guys for listening. We tremendously appreciate all the feedback we get from you. If you have time, can spare a moment, best way to support us, you know, go and give us a rating and review. iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast that has the option to do so. Leave us five stars and it will be greatly appreciated. But we, seriously, we appreciate all the feedback, all the great reviews that we've gotten. I know sometimes it's a pain in the ass or hard to remember to do that, but by doing that, you're bringing our show to a wider audience, and it lets us know what we're doing and what you guys like. Oh, also another way um, to kind of spread the word about us, of course, share, retweet, all that jazz. Um, join the Facebook group's podcast we listen to, or Underdog Podcast Community. We are members of those um, with a bunch of other great podcasters and podcast listeners. You know, put up a start a thread uh, or a post just mentioning how much you like us or a certain episode that you liked. And that helps us, you know, show everyone in that community, hey, somebody likes this for this reason. And there's a lot of podcast listeners on those Facebook pages. And that'll help spread the news as well. Keep liking, sharing. We appreciate you subscribing. Any little thing you can do to help bring us to a bigger audience, we truly appreciate it. We also want to thank everyone that's offered, you know, to do research or come on the show. We will probably get to that point at some point in the future. Um, so we, we really appreciate it and we will definitely let you guys know if we need anything. So in closing, Hug your families a little tighter this Thanksgiving. Just don't smell their hair, you know. Or, you, know. you can smell their hair. Don't lick it. Don't do the, the hanky-panky. Definitely not under the Thanksgiving table. Mm-hmm. Under the turkey. Well. With a drumstick. You can if it's like with your wife or something. Don't do not do it with. Don't do it with anybody Blood that's in related. your family photo album. And there's pictures of you when you were kids. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. You could end up with the Hartford jaw. Just be it though. All right, guys. So, happy Thanksgiving. We hope you enjoyed the show. Of course, listen to the end for another song from Phaser765. And stay safe. And we'll see you guys in two weeks. Bye.
Freedom. I don't know why. I just feel it. Okay. Very interactive with us on our Facebook page. What the hell was that? Sounds like gunshots outside. Uh-huh. Let's see. We will cut that out. 